This is Serenade Radio with the best in easy listening. Now here's Mark Stein with Stein's Song of the Week. You surely know Cole Porter's splendid laundry list, You're the Top, with its catalogue of superlative name drops, many of which still resonate from Garbo to Dante. But do you know this one from the second verse? Now gifted humans like Vince and humans might think that your song is bad. But I got a notion, I'll second the motion, this is what I'm going to add. You're the top. Now, gifted humans like Vincent Humans. Are you familiar with Vincent Humans? He was a very gifted human, and in the 20s, he was as acclaimed as George Gershwin. He wrote a Broadway blockbuster that came to define jazz age musical comedy. No, no, Nanette. Picture me upon your knee with tea for two and two for tea. Just me. For you and you for me alone. And he followed that with a show that ran even longer on Broadway. Hit the deck. Sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm blue. My disposition depends on you. And then came a show that was not such a success, but at least the title song was a hit. When you're down and out, lift up your head and shout, there's gonna be a great day. Angels in the sky promise that by and by there's gonna be a great day. And Great Day was followed by the not-so-great day in 1930 when Vincent Newmans decided to do a musical comedy called Smiles, which turned out to be nothing to smile about at all. It had a terrific cast, Eddie Foy Jr., one of the seven little Foys, Virginia Bruce, who went on to star in such films as The Invisible Woman and Pardon My Sarong, Harriet Lake, who became Anne Southern and had a long career in pictures and Bob Hope, who became Bob Hope on an industrial scale. And that was just the ensemble, a few of the boys and girls in the chorus in the background. The principals were Fred Astaire and his sister Adele, Paul Gregory and Marilyn Miller, who was at one time the highest paid star on Broadway. She introduced this Jerome Kern classic. All 
Also in the cast of Smiles was a teenage harmonica prodigy who would go on to work with everyone from Vaughan Williams to Sinead O'Connor and to enjoy a sideline as a famous raconteur who could name drop as many people in a minute as Cole Porter does in 27 choruses of You're the Top. By the time I met Larry Adler, he was no longer a teenage prodigy, but he remembered that 1930 show very well, and especially the proclivities of its stars. Paul Gregory, who was the male lead in the show, he had a habit, by the way, of sitting naked in his dressing room, a sort of pre-prohibition flasher, and as the girls would pass, he'd call to them, and they'd look in, and there, there he was sitting naked. And no one ever uh, chided him for it or disciplined him in any way. He kept that up all through the run of the show, which wasn't very long anyway. Uh, it was a pity because Marilyn Miller couldn't do anything right in that show. She was just hopelessly wrong. She'd already begun to put on too much weight so that in her ballet number she looked just plain silly. Oh, well... At least Fred and Adele Astaire were always very professional and Flo Ziegfeld, the most glamorous producer on Broadway, had assembled a top-notch creative team. William Anthony McGuire was the director and the chap in charge of rattling off the story and he was pretty good if you could steer him away from the bootleg liquor and anyway he was working off an idea from Noel Coward. And with Vincent Newman's handling the music, at least you didn't have to worry about the score. It turned out pretty nicely for young Larry Adler, too. He got a solo. I don't know how I came to be assigned that solo. I didn't think I was going to get a solo because they originally had me doing a duet with Fred Astaire, the young man of Manhattan number, and in Boston I was given a solo. I was supposed to be sitting on a wardrobe trunk and dressed as a ragamuffin, which they always did. They always dressed me as a ragamuffin because that was the stereotype of the mouth organ player. And I played this song, I'm Glad I Waited. And it used to stop the show every night. And sometime during the Boston run, Ziegfeld sent for me and he told me that Vincent Newmans, the composer, was distressed because his ballad in the first act was never heard again and he thought it should be reprised. Now my solo was in the second act. So Ziegfeld suggested to me that instead of I'm Glad I Waited, I do the ballad so that Vincent Humans could get his ballad reprised and played in the second act. And I said something like, well, Mr. Ziegfeld, you're the boss, and if you want me to do it, I'll do it, but my number's stopping the show. And why change it? Because it's just my opinion, but I think that ballad is a rather dreary tune. And Ziegfeld said, well, suit yourself, kid. I just wanted to make Vince happy. So I kept my solo in, I'm glad I waited, and turned down the reprise, which was a song called Time on My Hands, and it shows my musical judgment. Time on My Hands, you said, was a pretty dreary ballad. What, what kind of song was that? It was a bright... Uh, do you want me to play a few bars of it? This is the masterpiece, as was, of I'm Glad I Waited by Vincent Humans.
Well, as you know, that made every hit parade in the world. <laughs> so it was just a, a run-of-the-mill uh, yes, rhythm number. Completely. Yes, completely. And most mills wouldn't have even let it run. <laughs> I'm glad a waiting all gee, but I'm a lady so thankful that I waited for you. I might have tumbled for someone else and grumbled Oh gosh, I'm glad you stumbled in you There were times when I wondered just where you could be After all of you blundered, it's lucky you love for me Oh yes, a boy, I know I'm slated So be congratulated, oh gee, I'm glad I waited for you with Ray Noble's band and the only record anyone ever made of I'm Glad I Waited. When Larry Adler picked up his harmonica there and rattled off I'm Glad I Waited, he hadn't played or heard the number in over half a century, but somehow it had stuck. So what about that, quote, rather dreary ballad Larry Adler turned down? One day, Vincent Newmans was having lunch in some little joint downtown with a couple of pals and gals. And when his date got up to head to the ladies' room, the composer had time on his hands and a tune came to him. signed on to Smiles, Vincent Newman's had been writing for Broadway for almost a decade. When a composer's been at it that long, he's usually found his lyricist, someone who says in words what he says in music. But Newman's was still bouncing from one co-writer to another, drifting along with whatever lyricist happened to be to hand. And in this case, whatever's to hand happened to be his two lunch companions, Harold Adamson and Matt Gordon. Matt Gordon went on to write The More I See You and I Got a Gal in Kalamazoo. And Harold Adamson later gave us It's a Most Unusual Day and My Resistance is Low. But in 1930, neither was anywhere near the stature of their composer. They did a pretty nice job, a great title and then the perfect answering phrase. Time on my hands, you in my arms, nothing but love in view. Then if you fall, once and for all, I'll see my dreams come true. Moments to spare for someone you care for. One love affair or two. With time on my hands. 
Riley, the first singer to record Time On My Hands. There was just one problem. At the Ziegfeld Theatre, the leading lady flatly refused to sing it. Marilyn Miller didn't like the tune and she didn't like the words. So Ziegfeld said, OK, never mind, we'll give it to Paul Gregory and he can sing it to her. If you're wondering by now what the show Smiles was actually about, well, Smiles was the title role. Marilyn Miller played a supposedly adorable lass called Smiles, who was the ward of Paul Gregory's character, Dick. That's to say, she's an orphan and he's her legal guardian. And then they discover that they're sweet on each other. If you're thinking, uh, OK, so what happens next? Well, that would be down to Bill Maguire's script, which was becoming conspicuous by its absence. When we opened in Boston, there was no completed script. Uh, Bill Maguire would show up with a few pages every day, but there never was a completed book. And I don't think even during the New York run there was a complete book. Uh, it was a very uninteresting story anyway. The Salvation Army lass who was adopted by some very nice fellows. Uh, it was a story of profound uninterest. And humans, I uh, gather, used to come in and, and lie down on a... He would come in, lie down on a bench and go to sleep. And I never saw him take any active part in anything. And um, it brought in Ring Lardner to do some rewrites on lyrics, and anything that has Ring Lardner doing anything, I think, is a good idea. Like Larry Adler, I'm a big fan of Ring Lardner's short stories, and many, many years ago I wrote a little dramatization of his time around Broadway and Tin Pan Alley, and we did it with uh, Stubby K. But I can't really see why they needed to bring him in on Smiles. They already had two accredited lyricists, the aforementioned Harold Adamson and an Englishman, Clifford Gray, the man who wrote If You Were the Only Girl in the World. Vincent Newman's really wanted Marilyn Miller to sing his big song, Time On My Hands. A big song given to a lesser star becomes a smaller song, and you don't get the hit. So Humans and Ziegfeld leaned on Miss Miller, and eventually she said, OK, she'd sing it, but only with completely new words. The composer didn't care, so he asked Clifford Gray and Harold Adamson to rustle up a lyric, and they tried, but Marilyn didn't care for the new words any more than the old ones. So enter Ring Lardner, and he said, uh, what's this show about? Well, the kid's the ward of this older guy, and she's got the hots for him. And this is what Ring Lardner wrote. If I get through this lyric with a straight face, it'll be a miracle. I've been practicing all week and haven't done it yet. 
What can I say? Is there a way I can get gay with you? It's just too bad you are my dad. Flirting would never do. Daughters can't bother fooling with father. <laughs> okay, okay, that's enough of that. As I said, I love Ring Lardner's short stories, but if I were Vincent Newman's, I would never forgive him for doing that to my tune. Yet Marilyn Miller was happy to sing it every night for the seven weeks the show ran. What else is to be found midst the rubble of smiles? New York, you're part of it, you're in. The heart of it, say, young man of Manhattan. You're in a great spot now. What place could offer you Times Square? Fifth Avenue, say, young man of Manhattan. You've got the whole world now, both up and down. It's a wonderful town. It's a town of renown. It's a fabulous one city, fun city. It's yours. Be proud of it, go tell the crowd of it, say young man of Manhattan, New York is your hometown. That's Eddie Comstock with a rather undernourished version of a number introduced in that short run at the Ziegfeld Theatre by Fred Astaire and Larry Adler. Well, what we did there, they had a very good set. It was the elevated railway in the section of New York called the Bowery. And I was down there, again in my ragamuffin costume, and Fred Astaire, with a male chorus, everyone in tails and carrying walking sticks. And there's a little bit of dialogue. At the time, there was scandal about a man named Judge Crater, who disappeared with an awful lot of money and was never found again. And there was some dialogue between Fred Astaire and me, I didn't like the way he was disparaging the Bowery, and I say something like, and don't you forget, a lot of big judges came from here, and Astaire said, yeah, and they're coming back too. And then we go into the song, I play, he dances, then with his walking stick, he mows down in the machine gun manner, the other dancers with him, and finally ends up shooting me. And that was the number. And that always went very well, and from that, Fred Astaire and I formed a duet that we later did for charity concerts. Silks and satin spell Manhattan Stars and opening nights City born out of grief and hope It's a kind of kaleidoscope See the drama, panorama Of those Broadway sights The Ballyhoo is calling you Somehow you know You've gotta go part of it, you're in the heart of it, say young man of Manhattan, you're in a great spot now, what place could offer you Times Square, Fifth Avenue, say young man of Manhattan, you've got the whole world now, both up and down, it's a wonderful town, it's a town of renown, it's a fabulous one city, Fun city, it's yours. Be proud of it, go tell the crowd of it. Say, young man of Manhattan, New York is your hometown. 
got something else out of that show. It was the first number he had done in top hat, white tie and tails, the dress that would come to define the Astaire persona for the next half century. Five years later, out in Hollywood making the film Top Hat, he needed a choreographic idea for the title song and remembered the floppo smiles and say young man of Manhattan and using his cane as a firearm. And so on screen, just as he'd done on stage, Astaire starts gunning down the gentlemen of the chorus. No, no, it wasn't a waste, the good Lord. Also, if it gave the world time on my hands, but there was nothing else remotely memorable in that show. Time on my hands, you in my arms, nothing but love in view. is that you can get something out of even the almightiest flop. Fred Astaire got a marvellous choreographic idea, Paul Gregory got to sit around naked with chorus girls, Larry Adler got the notion of harmonica and dance and teamed up with the phenomenal terpsichorean Paul Draper for a fabulously successful double act, and Harold Adamson and Mac Gordon got to put Vincent Newman's songwriting partner on their business cards. Mama. 
Vincent Newman's get out of smiles. Well, having flopped on Broadway, he went out to Hollywood, wrote the songs for Flying Down to Rio, and somehow in sunny California managed to contract tuberculosis, which within three years had forced him into retirement. And a great composer was all out of time. Such a great tune. I love the triplets and the words sing so easily on them. Time on my. And Newman's carries that triplet idea into the middle eight moments too. So it doesn't seem like a middle eight at all, but just an organic extension of the main theme. Even if every singer going back to Lee Wiley blows that rhyme, moments to spare for someone you care for by taking a break after spare. Almost half a century after Lee Wiley, Bing Crosby blows that rhyme here, but no matter, this is late Bing at his very best. Time on my hands You in my arms Nothing but love in view And if you fall Once and for all I'll see my dreams All come true Moments to spare Or someone you care one love affair or two When I have time on my hands And you in my arms And love in my heart All for you A song from me to you, Bing Crosby with a lovely chart by the British arranger Alan Cohen from an album Bing made with him in London 
in 1976. Bing did not have time on his hands. He was a year from sudden death. But what a song. Words by Harold Adamson and Matt Gordon. Music by a composer who also did not have time on his hands. A 13-year career, then retirement, sanatoria, and death at 47. Vincent Newman's. Moments to spare For someone care for one love affair or two when I have time on my hands and you in my arms and love in my heart all for you I'll leave the last word to Ring Lardner to compensate for his atrocious rewrite of that lyric. They were all in Boston for that terrible tryout. Director, composer, choreographer, the stars, all panicking because nothing worked except Larry Adler's harmonica solo. You need to fix this show, Ziegfeld told them, or it's going to be stolen by that goddamn kid with the mouth organ. That, said Ring Lardner, would be petty larceny. Song of the Week was presented by Mark Stein and produced for Serenade Radio by Brian Savin.